everyone. Welcome to the Step Over Podcast. As always, my name is Josh. I don't know why that would change. Um, but today, uh, I am very fortunate to be joined by uh, the new head of soccer operations and head coach of the Carlton Ravens men's team, Marcelo Plata. Marcelo has coached around the world, um, and he comes to Carlton from Canada's military national team. He was nice enough to hop on the pod um, and talk about his background, his experience as a coach, what he brings to the Carlton program, and what his expectations are uh, for both the men's and women's programs for this upcoming season. And with the OUA season about to start, it's a perfect time to chat with him. Now a little editor's note, um, the start of Marcelo's very first answer to uh, my first question, for some reason, chopped off a little bit, so it might sound a little incomplete. After that though, smooth sailing. So let's get right into it. Here's my chat with Carlton Head of Soccer Operations, Marcelo Plata. Thanks for joining, Marcelo. Um, as it was announced over a month ago, you're the new head coach for both the men's and women's Ravens soccer teams. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, before we get into that job and the upcoming season, I, I love asking people about their history and the sport going like right back to the start. Um, when did you first start getting into soccer? I'm a South American family. Uh, and my father was passionate. He's from Uruguay. Uh, he played uh, some pro ball there and then moved to Canada. And then you know, when I was born, I basically started kicking the ball around probably three. Grew up in a, you know, in a, a Spanish uh, environment. We played a lot of futsal. So I just grew up playing, basically played provincials, regionals, um, and then kept playing at a high level. And then, you know, school time came around and had to make a choice. I ended up going to Royal Military College, uh, just thinking about my future and having, you know, the the prospect of having a job after getting education for free. So it appealed to me. Uh, I was fortunate that, you know, they had a, even a varsity team. I had no clue even if they had a varsity team or not. It just, it was more for school. Uh, and then from there, I found out that they had like a, a national team, a military national team that competed at military world games, like the equivalent of the Olympics and a world cup. Uh, so they had that. So I made that team right out of my first year. Um, and then after I graduated uh, from an engin- engineering degree, Went to Ottawa, and then that's where you know, I became familiar with the uh, the scene in Ottawa in soccer, and I started coaching right away. So I was about probably 22, coaching women's prem, but playing also with some of the, the local teams there in Ottawa. So back then it was uh, Ottawa Royal, St. Anthony, Fury, Wizards. So I was part of that you know community, got a chance to win, uh, and the, it's called the Challenge Cup. So we won the first one for Ottawa back then. And then I just moved along and I was still doing both uh, playing soccer at a decent level and then uh, with the military on the national team. So I traveled everywhere with uh, the national team. So I played in China, played in uh, Brazil, Barbados, uh, England, Ireland. So you name it, we got to go everywhere. So, And I just kept playing and coaching to the point where it was probably around 32, 33, where I, you know, I got most of my accreditation, uh, all my licenses. Um, I competed for the head coach position in the military national team around 36 or so. And I, I got the position. And then since then, I just kept coaching at that level. So it was good because you're competing against professional coaches, professional players. So getting exposed to the global game, if anything. And yeah, it's kind of in a nutshell, like uh, my affiliation with soccer, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, that's a fantastic roundup. You did a really good yeah. job with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
<laughs> no worries. Um, so as a player, like what position uh, did you prefer playing? Uh, I, I love the 10, so I always like enjoyed playing the attacking mid. But, uh, you know, I was used, at least in Ottawa, I was used primarily on the wings because of my speed and my abilities uh, on the 1v1. Um, but, yeah, I, I typically attacker with no sense for uh, for defense. So, and then do enough on defense. But, right yeah, on. that was my um, style. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you said, you know, you're a member of the Ottawa Royals with the Challenge Cup. Um and uh, like I think you played with a few players that uh, you know are are still very well connected in the Ottawa soccer scene. Like uh, I believe you you played with Quazy, uh, Sanji Parmar, a few other yeah. guys. Um, uh, kind of as you travel the world, um, did you kind of keep those connections with uh, with all those guys? No, definitely, definitely. So you know, I, I made it you know one of my objectives to to bring the national team to Ottawa whenever I could. So I always touch base with. Well, crazy at the time, Sanjeev actually played on the military national team for a year. Really? Yeah, yeah. So he was, you know, there's a few guys too. There was Kwame, you know, there was Abe, Gord McDonald, Alec Edgar. Like a lot of the guys that kind of are are the the lead, you know, like a lot of the leaders in the Ottawa soccer scene. Yeah, definitely. So they uh, they 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 joined the military for the the joy of going on you know, this big tournament and getting paid for it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we connected right away. And then I've always had a good rapport with uh, all these guys within the community. And, uh, yeah, it's worked out, I mean, for, for me, just, you know, this is like my second home. I grew up in Toronto more than anything else, but this is really, I guess, really my home. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you said that you got into coaching really early, like at 22. Um, what was the, like, what was the appeal to coaching? Well, I think, uh, I, the appeal I, that at first was really because it was going to pay for my registration. So I think that's why I primarily started doing it. Traction <laughs> of just like, you know, working with other, you know, athletes, you know, it just appealed to me in the sense that, you know, I could offer, you know, whatever experience I had at the time and, and just work to understand the game. I was always a learner of the game. So, you know, I, I appreciated working, whether it was with seniors uh, or youth, um, I felt like I, I learned a lot from just the experience itself. So that helped me a lot. Um, and I just kept on coaching because it's just the, the joy of working with the youth. Um, you know, it was, just, it was nice to see that it was very rewarding. Um, just the effort they put in and seeing if, you know, some tactics that you apply or, you know, the way you teach uh, can help them just, you know, reach their own goals. And, you know, that's, I think, the biggest attraction I have just to see um, the, the players grow and develop and try to empower them as much as you can and open those doors uh, whenever possible. That's fantastic. Um, are there, um, like, have there been coaches that you've admired or like looked up to or, or like tried to emulate in some ways? Like they could be local, they could be, you know, big time coaches. Um, you know, I, I look at, you know, even the local coaches around in Ottawa, there's some fantastic coaches around and, you know, and I've, I definitely gleaned some of the, the best practices from them. Uh, I definitely, you know, had a couple of role models in, you know, my own career as a coach, you know, uh, people who've coached me, who taught me a lot, uh, and just the appreciation of, you know, different styles of coaching uh, really help uh, the players learn. Um, so I didn't have, you know, one specific role model. I had a few that I've learned from. And then, you know, some of the, you know, professional coaches, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, interest in how they apply their knowledge and how they do it um, and trying to really understand, you know, the best way to teach and, you know, pass on the messages. So learning from the best has, you know, kind of informed me. And then I also look at, you know, just business practices and, you know, n other non-soccer related 
type teaching methods that I've, I've learned just from, you know, being in the military uh, that I've been able to apply not only with my work, but with, with uh, coaching athletes uh, that I think it's just that diverse portfolio in terms of how to lead uh, as a coach. Um, just, I think it's helped me a lot. So, you know, I guess I'm a learner as a coach and, you know, I, I use not only soccer role models, but I use uh, business role models, entrepreneurs and, and things that, you know, they teach uh, to just help empower um, people and athletes. Okay. You know, things don't happen in a bubble. You're, you're a coach, but you've also had this military career. Um, uh, and like in terms of teaching, have there been any kind of like pedagogies that, that uh, you've been able to apply to coaching or, or, or maybe vice versa? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess the one, you know, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Simon Sinek, you know, and like uh, some of the teachings that he has, like leaders eat, uh, leaders eat last or, you know, some of these uh, Malcolm Galdwell, uh, mm-hmm. he teaches a lot about leadership and different styles. And, you know, those are types of models that I've used, at least for myself, not only at work, but even in soccer, um, you know, just the whole concept of just empowering the the individual, you know, serving others before self, um, you know, and that's kind of been, you know, my philosophy, you know, and, and some of the things that I, I teach with my guys here, like, you know, they all understand what my values are and then how I apply that and they see it in every day. So, you know, I, whatever I preach, I practice and I do. So they see, and, you know, and the, and the four values that, you know, I carry for this team is basically family, selflessness, mindfulness, and courage. And that's who we are. That's who I am, at least. Uh, and that's the message that I've been passing on to the players. Um, you know, so I think it's a diverse pedagogy. Like, you know, that's a def- diverse way of uh, applying uh, your coaching methods. But uh, I think it's worked for me, at least. Okay. Um, so what attracted you to the Carlton program? Um, and like, how did you sell yourself as the right pick to take over from Kwesi? Uh Well, I think the appeal was really coming home again, I suppose. Um, Ottawa has been kind of like my second home. And then the opportunity came up where I saw the notification that there was a, an opening. So I definitely, you know, <laughs> I was courageous to, to try to apply. Um, I think what, what might have sold, I guess, for myself would have been just uh, my diverse portfolio. Uh, I've traveled a lot. I've seen a lot. Uh, I've experienced, you know, not only you know, local soccer, I've, you know, experienced the global game in different areas of the world. Uh, you know, I've got a network, you know, spread from Clairefontaine to, to Brazil and Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro. So that network, you know, helped a lot, not only just having those contacts, but just, you know, teaching me different ways to, to apply whatever methodology you want to use. So I think, you know, it was just maybe the, um, you know, well-traveled, individual who's always had his hand in, in football um, that might have appealed to uh, the higher ups here, whoever, whoever selected me. So. Okay. Um, so since joining, I imagine you've been a pretty busy guy. Um, what have you been up to in preparation for the 2023 OUA season? You've been doing a lot. I mean, one, just getting to know kind of the rhythm of the OUA soccer and trying to understand the, the student athlete. I had to get to know the players so that, you know, um, people management piece like that, building that rapport with the players, getting that trust. Uh, and then I also have to get the trust of the staff here, the staff that work with me. Uh, so it's been been quite busy. 
and then you want to, you know, apply your own methods in, in teaching the players and them understanding it's just not, you know, soccer. You have to focus on other aspects of the game, you know, strength and conditioning, uh, mindfulness, uh, mental performance. And, you know, we've done a lot of that just to, to get the players ready. So we've hired a mental performance coach who works uh, weekly with the players on, you know, mindfulness activities. We've done a lot of team building type things to get to know each other uh, and, and for the players to get to know themselves and build that rapport, which I thought was critical. Um, and then we use different, we use, you know, different ways of teaching. Like we use a lot of presentations, a lot of uh, visual stimulants or stimulus just to give them, you know, a different way of, uh, interpreting the the information so it's been busy no doubt <laughs> but, uh, but uh yeah no it's been good like i've i've been studying them a lot as well studying the history studying the alumni and their influence on the program and just trying to get you know a good idea in terms of what can help the the program so just trying to connect the dots and you know hope that the message gets across and getting the players really just motivated and engaged as much as i can so that's been that's been what I've been doing really the last month. Okay. Um, and how much of a balancing act is it, you know, being in charge of both the men's and women's sides and like, are the tactics in terms of coaching different uh, or are they similar for each side? I think they're a bit different. It's very customized to, you know, each program. So I oversee the women's program. Um, so my, my input's a little less than obviously than the men's because where I'm directly, you know, leading that team. Um, I'm really just learning from uh, Dominic Oliveri, you know, see how he applies himself with that program and, you know, his approach. And, you know, we're looking to eventually establish some objectives for the year. And I want to be able to see if they can meet those objectives, uh, which we'll measure at the end of the year. Um, so they're different. They're different personalities for sure. Um, but I'm really excited about the women's program. They've shown a great attitude they're coachable um and i was excited just not only like their results over the preseason have been amazing they went 4-0 mm -hmm. against good quality teams uh it just shows that the program's moving in the right direction and it's it's really you know uh in, in i'm enjoying it quite a bit um yeah i mean you know the men's squad obviously has a history of being among the stronger sides in in uh you know oua and and you know across the country in u sports and yeah, the, the preseason results have been really strong for the women. And I've been reading a bunch of other like very just positive feelings around that squad heading into the season. Um, do you have any spe like specific internal expectations of where you expect each side will finish in the standings? I hate to place uh, <laughs> a standings. star question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely feel this team has the quality to, to be amongst the top three on both sides. Um, so that's basically my my expectation is the top three finish for both sides okay um, but i'm expecting them to go quite far i mean i've seen the quality that's here we uh with the men's side we played excellent competition against udm top five last year we, we were able to win an away game against them you know we played saint effects here and we had a barn burner of a game we won four or three so those results have been very good and you know it's just a little bit of fine-tuning in terms of just our defensive uh, mindset and personality so that's something that we've been working on this week but yeah i'm expecting them to to go far uh on the men's side and the women's side i'm excited i'm excited to see where how far they're going to take this i mean it was the first time they made the playoffs last year and you know they should have won that game and and now the team looks just motivated engaged they're winning they went undefeated in the preseason i don't, I don't think they've ever done that before so um dominic definitely has them uh rolling the right way and it's been uh, exciting to watch 
Um, so for those looking to follow the Ravens this year, whether they're new to following the program or if they're longtime fans, um, what we like, what we do you say are some of the specific strengths of each side? So I think uh, we'll start with the women's side. I think just the uh, the passion that they play with it's uh, it's contagious. So you can see just the the work life mentality. Um, they're they're able to grind out games even if they're not you know dominating possession. So you can expect the team to to really show their heart on their sleeves. Like they'll they'll give everything on the pitch. So uh, in terms of that type of mentality, they're going to be very strong, competitive, uh, and they'll put up a good fight against the, the topper teams in the uh, in the OUA Eastern Conference. So uh, as for the men, they're it's a quality team as well in terms of just their technical ability and the athleticism, it's pretty surreal. Like I've got 25 players that are just great on the ball, off the ball, work-life mentality as well. And, and their technical uh, ability just complements, you know, everything else that they bring to the table. So there's just two, two beautiful teams really like in, in terms of different attitudes. Um, so you'll see, I think you'll see some exciting stuff from, from both programs. Awesome. Um, so the men's team has a pretty direct relationship with Atletico Ottawa. Um, have you been involved at all yet in that respect? Uh, a little bit. So, and we have a couple of players who, who train. Uh, so I've been going out to some of those training sessions to see the, the atmosphere and the environment. So it's been nice. We've had, um, representatives come to watch a couple of our sessions, which has been good. It's been very positive. Um, so it's just a relationship that's just you know, uh, it's it's an infancy, really. So if it grows, it'd be great. If it doesn't, uh, we'll just see what happens with it. But uh, it's been very positive so far. Okay. Um, and are there opportunities that that, that relationship with Atletico um, might open for you personally? Uh, I don't have the intentions for those doors to open, to be honest. Um, I think my my focus right now is just, you know, making this team reach its, uh, its potential and exceed its potential. So I haven't really thought about that too much. Um, I'm just more excited about seeing how our, how how both our teams do, uh, you know, on Sunday. Okay. Um, and like you've been around the Ottawa soccer scene off and on for a long time. Um, how has the scene in the city changed over the course of the, like the last few decades from your from your perspective? I mean, there's been positive growth. Uh, just the fact that you've got you know um, a professional league here, one, uh, and then a lot of the local clubs are doing quite well competing at high levels so we've seen well i've seen at least over the 10 15 years how much it's grown uh where you know i thought i was a pioneer by winning the uh you know the canada cup uh back then now you know we're often you know in the finals or winning it like cluster has won it a couple of times like st anthony's like it's it's something that's become almost uh you know a common place for them like yeah. i thought it was just got a vibrant soccer scene that just keeps growing and growing so uh yeah, I think it's developed quite a bit. All right. Um, well, that's all the the longer form questions that I got for you. Um, I just have a few quick questions for you before I let you go, if that's okay, okay. with you. All right. Um, what's your favorite sport besides soccer? Ooh, I love basketball. I grew up playing hockey. But I'll say basketball. Okay. Uh, your favorite movie? Oh, I used to love Boys in the Hood back in the day. There's a lot of them. Fight Club, that, that hits home sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I don't watch too, too many movies, like anything recent. But yeah, I'll go with Fight Club. I always liked Fight Club. Okay. Uh, your favorite food? Ooh, good poutine sometimes. It's just it's tough on the belly, though. Never a bad option, it's though. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe after, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always got some good petite. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, okay. If you were going to make someone a meal, like if you want to impress them, what would you make? Ooh, well, I'm South American and, you know, we do a good the barbecue. Food. Yeah. Barbecue. So, you know, that's that. I would say that like we get the charcoal out and kick it up and have a good party. All right on. Um, what's the strangest food you've ever had? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean, I've been all around the world. Yeah, I've tried a bit of everything. I mean, I've tried grasshopper. I've tried frog, escargot. What else? Liver. I don't know any of those. I guess. Just, okay. Yeah. Um, chocolate milk or regular milk? Oh, I'm lactose intolerant, so I wouldn't. Do it <laughs> That's the wrong question then. <laughs> chocolate milk. I could do a chocolate. All right, all right. Maybe some chocolate soy milk. How's that? <laughs> That'll work. That's yeah. Funny. Um. Pineapple on pizza, good or terrible? Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you play a musical instrument? Uh, I only learned the recorder, and that's about <laughs> it. I haven't played much. My daughters play like the piano. The okay. Guitar. I gotta learn. I got. I got. I can start learning. Okay, sure. it's in the family. Okay. Um, what's the better halftime snack? Oranges or watermelon? I love oranges. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and my last question, uh, when you aren't doing football things, what are you most likely to be doing? Ooh, good question. Well, I don't know. I'm always doing soccer now or football. Um, just reading, I suppose, <laughs> meditating <Okay. laughs> one or the other, <laughs> a lot of reading. Awesome. Um, you've been really generous with your time, Marcel. I really appreciate it. Um, best of luck with the 2023 OUA season. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Step Over Podcast. Please follow the pod wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps the show and you'll be doing me a big favor. It also makes sure that you know right away when new episodes go up. Sometimes there is, you know, a few weeks, maybe a few months between episodes, and, and sometimes the juices are flowing and, and you'll hear me with more regularity. And either way, you'll be the first to know when there's a new episode, when you subscribe. And I'm all about supporting local soccer, local footy in all forms, so be sure to check out other local pods like VAR Check, uh, which chats a lot of European and, and international footy, as well as Atletico Ottawa-focused content. And if you're an Atletico Ottawa fan, Capital City Supporters Group puts out their After the Whistle pod after every single match. For this show, though, that's it for this episode. So go out and take in some local soccer. There's lots coming up with Atletico Ottawa on the home stretch of the CPL season. And U-Sports about to begin uh, with the U-Ottawa GGs and Carlton Ravens both in action over the next two or three months. So take in as much as you can. And until next time, we'll see you.